We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We are recording this around noon, Friday, April 16th. Andy, we've got a special guest today. Look at the smile on your face, Sam. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. This, this person is awesome. Hey, hey Dr. Nguyen. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I, I feel like I'm the biggest fan. I feel so lucky to be on with you guys. You guys are like dumb nations. You know, you're the people. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're saving lives on a daily basis. We're, we're causing... Uh, Havoc on the timeline. It's not quite the same. But uh, for those who who haven't heard, we have Dr. Nirav Pandya, uh, orthopedic surgeon at UCSF. Is that correct, doctor? Yes, it is. Yep. And so obviously, we're having you on because a certain member of the Warriors, who's very important to their future, had surgery yesterday. James Wiseman had a repair of the meniscus yesterday. Per the Warriors press release, they'll provide an update in September. Um, so I guess, doctor, can you, can you start by explaining to us uh, what type of procedure had and what it means that he's out that long? Because before the injury, uh, as you said on Twitter uh, in some of those videos, like there's a range of different types of surgeries meniscus can have. Some you can be back within a month. Some it's four to six months. This seems like it's on the longer end. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think one of the, you know, the reason why it probably took them a little bit longer to decide what was going to get done, because there's a lot of controversy about what was on the MRI. Do you repair it? Do you not repair it? So a lot of times when the surgeon goes in, they're taking a look at the meniscus and get a better sense. Is this something we can repair? Is it bigger or something we can take out? So based on the reports of, of the doc down in LA who did it, looks like it probably was a pretty decent sized tear or a tear that was in an important location. So they literally sewed it together. Now, the reason why that recovery is longer it's almost like a cut. You need to basically get that meniscus to heal together. And really the only way to do that is to basically not walk on it for six weeks and really limit some of the stuff you're doing. So 
if you just shave it out, you pretty, pretty much just wait for your mobility to get back, swelling to go down, and you can be back playing in four to six weeks. But with the meniscus, you have to let it heal, and then all that strength you need to gain back and, and that you know stability. So that's why you're looking more at the four to six month time point uh, for for James to come back. Do you know if this was the same? This is the same procedure Jaron Jackson Jr. had, right? Exactly. Kind of in general, yeah, the repair, and obviously it's taken him longer to get back. What what is what is the yeah? I, I was reading about Jaron Jackson, um, and he's been out for the whole season. He hasn't played at all. So are complications normal with this? Because ACL doesn't seem like complications are normal. So I'm curious if this is I don't know nothing about the meniscus. Never even really heard of it. Yeah, no, it's actually, there's a little bit more kind of play in terms of how things go. Because when you put an ACL on, you're basically putting a piece of tissue in, it heals, and you get back to playing pretty predictably. But the key thing with the meniscus is you're basically trying to get this thing to heal, and it doesn't necessarily have good blood supply. So what can happen, a couple things can happen. One is if the repair doesn't take, which is kind of like what happened with Russell Westbrook, where he had multiple surgeries going in there, then that kind of sets uh, off your, you know, your recovery taking a little bit longer. Or the big component is that even though it may heal, how everyone's knees respond after the surgery can sometimes vary. So you start running, you start cutting, and then suddenly the knee's not feeling well, it's swelling up. So that can kind of push things back a little bit. Or a lot of times what you won't hear in these reports is, was there other damage? Was there like some cartilage damage? Was there some other ligament stuff that was a little bit smaller that's making it, you know, go a little bit longer? But in general, I say six months is usually the average, but sometimes that can go to seven, eight months just based on the player and, and kind of what else was there during the surgery. So six months would rule him out basically until training camp, um, yeah. give or take. Um, so can you walk us through kind of how rehab for this injury typically goes? You said six weeks, you're just, you're doing nothing, kind of leg up, letting it heal. What happens after those six weeks? Yeah. So kind of like, you know, kind of taking it through different chunks. So the first couple of days, keeping him comfortable, getting the swelling down, but he's really not putting any pressure. Most people won't after a meniscus repair, put any pressure on it. You're doing a little bit of mobility stuff, some strengthening, but a lot of the stuff starts six weeks. So at six weeks, you get rid of any brace or crutches you have. And then you can really start bending the knee fully and getting a lot of strengthening in, but you're still not really doing any impact work. Usually right around three to four months, you can start running in a straight line. And really that's the first time you're kind of doing an impact with it. And that's where you get a sense of how the knee is responding. You know, swelling, feeling good. And you know, the repair is probably doing pretty well. You start having a little bit of swelling or issues and you may be a little bit more concerned or holding them back. And then right around four and a half months, which is right when they're going to kind of give an update based on the reports. That's when you really start doing some more basketball type activity. Um, with the goal that at six months, if he's feeling pretty well, then he can really, you know, go back. I think the key thing for everyone to remember is that at six months, even though he's cleared, then you have this whole other several weeks of, are we going to limit his minutes? Are you going to limit him on back to backs? And that's where kind of the slower part of the recovery comes in. Cause you're just seeing how he does with the, with the season. So he's not going to be back by the beginning of the season. It sounds like, or even if he's back, he's playing like clay, he clay, basically he's come, he's come back. Like he's going to play 10 minutes a game, 10, 20 minutes a game. Wow. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to kind of see because everyone's going to be excited. You know, Clay's coming back, Wiseman's back, but we're not going to get 25, 30 minutes, you know, because we all know the, the one thing that can wow. kind of lead to re-injury is just going back in too quickly. So I think it's going to be, it'll be interesting how the roster kind of gets pieced together knowing that because no one can say like, hey, three months, you're going to be playing 30 minutes. Um, you know, how can you integrate those guys in with the limited minutes as they, as they recover from their injuries? I was, I was going to ask about re-injury actually, because when we see KD's out, pretty much this whole season clay you know who knows but this reminds me of like a jones fracture where like when people come back they almost always get hurt again like i was seeing like debo sam well debo is another case he just gets hurt all the time but even kevin even kd with the kd had the jones Jones, yeah Yeah. two to three re-aggravations yeah is this common too like the minute is this pretty common for re-aggravation or re-injury or just like any other injury yeah no it absolutely is i think anytime you you know you have kind of a surgery particularly on a knee in a basketball player 
the hardest thing is that there's pressure to get back because you want to perform, but then it's like, you know, what's going on with your other leg, other parts compensation. Um, so that's where you worry about, is it going to hurt? You know, is there always a risk of you're going to, you're going to pull your hamstring, you're going to hurt your calf. Um, so it is common, particularly when you're trying to rush back at the beginning of the season um, to kind of compensate. So that's one of the things where I think limiting the minutes is really key. I think where people get in a lot of trouble is they go back in, they're playing 30, 35 minutes a game, and then the body's just not used to it. Right. Um, at least in the Warriors case, I don't know that they were going to have them playing 30 minutes a game next year pre-meniscus tear. It's obviously a much bigger concern with someone like Clay Thompson, who right. you, were, you were hoping would. Um, I want to get back to what you were saying on the recovery thing. You said around three to four months is when he can start doing some activities, obviously in a controlled environment. So you're saying, assuming there's no complications in those first three, three and a half or so months, that's about when he can get on a basketball court and just do some like form shooting and kind of, you know, not play five on five, but maybe one-on-one -on -one tailored workouts to work on skills. Yeah, exactly. So kind of like, you know, doing some kind of controlled, you know, predictable drills where you know what, what's going on. So I think, yeah, the, the time frame we probably potentially see him back on the court, uh, you know, August, September-ish doing some light stuff, but really kind of going at it. Um, you know, kind of unpredictable, kind of really impacting. It's kind of more at that five, five and a half month time point. Okay. Give, give us some good news. Just give us some, <laughs> what, what's the good news here in this, in this diagnosis? There's gotta be something here. Somewhere. Yeah, no, I think the one good thing, I think, you know, even though the time frame in, you know, kind of how it plays into his development over the yeah. summer, obviously everyone's disappointed about that. But if you look at meniscus tears in general in NBA players, 80% of players get back to play. And when they do get back to play, there's no difference in their player efficiency rating, which I think is important. So things are working in Wiseman's favor for being that 80%. He's young. You know, they caught the tear early. This wasn't like one of those things where he tried to play on it and then like yeah. he swelled up and things like that. So all those things considered, I think when you look at him, you know, a year or two down the road, he's going to be fine. You preserve his meniscus. So that's the most important thing. As long as it heals, you're not worrying if his knee is going to start breaking down year three, year four, year five. So yeah. that's the good news. I think when you look at the long game on him, he's going to be back and, and playing well. Uh, from a knee standpoint. That is good news. I, I actually had one question I probably should have asked earlier. Some, so some people, when they have the tear, they just get it removed, right? Yeah. What's the logic to repairing it as opposed to removing it in terms of his play and long term? Yeah. So that, that's a great question. So like typically when you, when you remove it, if it's a really, really small tear, uh, you remove it, there's going to be no real long-term impact. So the fact that they repaired it probably meant that it involved an area that if you took it all out, it was going to lead to him having problems down the road. And, and the issue with taking out the meniscus is that once that meniscus is gone, it doesn't grow back. And then you get more stress on the cartilage above and below. So there was a study, they actually looked at this in NFL players and they said, well, you know, you come to the combine, you've had a history of taking your meniscus out. And these players had decreased performance two to three years in the league because they were just wearing down their cartilage. So the, the real, you know, kind of with someone who's 20 years of age and you want him to have that five to 10 year career, you want to repair it. So he's got more meniscus there. It would be a different story. If he was like 31, 32, you can make an argument. He's probably not going to heal. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's take it out and then, you know, you know, kind of basically maximize that, you know, another two to three years. So it's more about risk of hurting stuff above and below um, than it is necessarily about the speed of, speed of recovery. So repairing, it's definitely a better play long-term for a young player is what we're getting exactly. here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Dr. Nirav. This has been super helpful. Do you have anything else you want to plug? No, I think it's, it's good. I mean, it's glad, uh, glad he got the surgery done. We'll be patient, but he's going to be back. He'll, he'll be good. He's got a, he's a young kid. So we'll, uh, we'll see him in the fall. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you're coming up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to roman.com slash now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash lightyears and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash lightyears and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash lightyears. Get started now to save $15 off your first month of treatment. And we are back. Well, that's a little, little bit of a gut punch right there. Um, first, I kind of feel bad for Wiseman because, you know, he didn't get a uh, summer league his first year. He didn't even get off-season work. And now it doesn't sound like he's going to get too much off-season work this summer either. He's going to spend most of the off-season just rehabbing. Yeah, I'd be curious what type of rehab he's doing. I mean, I, I'm trying to spin it positively, Sam. Honestly, that's mm-hmm. what, what, what I was asking. I think part of it is maybe he gets a little bit of work on his body, right? He, it was obvious he was not strong enough, even though he's huge. But he wasn't really strong enough, and he was getting pushed around a lot. So maybe that's part of the rehab. Maybe he gets stronger. Maybe part of it is, you know, mobile-wise, he's awesome, right, up and down the court. But laterally, defensively, wasn't so great. So maybe he works on some of that stuff. So I think maybe he works more on his body and how he moves, and and that will have him looking better when he does get back on the court. I also – one of the biggest things I wanted Wiseman to work on this offseason was to, like, really get automatic with the jump shot. The jump shot's not bad, but it's not like it's, good. Yep. it's not to the level where it's just like let it fly anytime you're open. Um, but I think he can get it there. Yep. Um, so I'm wondering if you know rehab in a controlled setting, he can at least start getting shots up in July, August. Now you got a messed up knee, you can't get up shots like the way Steph Curry does when he's working on the offseason yep. or like that type of stuff, but he can at least start doing some of that stuff because. Uh, beyond the defensive recognition, the strength stuff, I really just wanted him 
that being able to shoot is really what makes him like a special player, in my opinion, uh, because yeah. that opens up everything he can do. Yeah, I think I think from my I think this is we've always kind of differed differed on this a little bit because I think uh-huh. defensively he's really gonna have to uh, get there. But although like both things, he's just, it's just gonna take him time to get there offensively and defensively. That's the problem, and a lot of that is body. I guess like some of the downside is man, like he is so physically built, ready to play in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He just kind of needed reps. Like that was really like the number one thing we can say. He can shoot all day or work on defense all day or work on mobility, but like Jeez, he just needs it. He just needed to play basketball. So this sucks. This sucks. Um, it doesn't seem like he's playing summer league too, right? Because summer league is in August, whatever. And four months away, sounds like he's just going to be getting back on the court. So it's, that's actually, a tough one. My conspiracy theory is they said update in September specifically so they didn't have to answer summer league questions. To be honest, it makes sense. Like, Probably you better not. Yeah. It, if he was like just barely off of rehab, the last thing you want is in, in summer league to like re-aggravate it. I'm more just concerned about when he can um, start doing work, individual work. And I mean, he just needs to play more basketball in some capacity or another, whether it's one-on-one skill stuff or, you know, five runs, something like that. He he will, he will have less pressure though next year coming into the season. If he's on the team, I know you're going to get to this next, but if he is on the (laughs) team next season, like it's going to be less pressure. Like he's not, He's not like this season. He came into the season where the coach was saying, everyone was saying how awesome he was. And we were expecting him to be, you know, third year, Tim Duncan. Right. So next season is just going to be, Hey, he's going to play 15 minutes a game. And, and he's just going to get back in the flow of things and not much pressure. Maybe in the second half of the season, it's up at 25, you know, we can hope. Um, Do you think now we get to get to the, uh, the the fun stuff here. Do you think this makes it more or less likely that they trade him this off season? Uh, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't think it matters. Like, I, I don't think his injury matters in terms of trade value. I think if the Warriors want to trade him, if I am the if I am the Hornets or no, the Hornets are actually not bad. If I am the let's say the Raptors, Raptors let's say, what the yeah. fuck? We're on the same. We're on. The, I was gonna say that. So the Raptors, right? They they want a young guy. They got good developmental system. They're kind of rebuilding. I would say I don't care. Like, I know he's coming back fully healthy. Like this, it's not like he had an Achilles here, right? I would say. I would I would feel about Wiseman the same how I felt before. If before I felt like he wasn't good, then I don't want him. But if before I felt like I could groom him to be a great basketball player, I'd still want him. This wouldn't change that. I, I tend to agree with you. No team is trading for James Wiseman to be like the piece to be in the finals next right year. It's going to be a rebuilding team. So in the event the Warriors make that big trade to get like an all-star caliber player, Bradley Beal maybe, someone like that, the wizards are looking at Wiseman as a player that they can build around to start competing in like 2024, not like 2022. So I agree with you. I don't think the injury matters from, from that standpoint, everyone got lucky. It was a meniscus, which is really low risk for long-term complications. Like if it was, like you said, if it was an ACL or an Achilles that might really hurt his trade value. But as it stands right now, other teams, doctors are going to look at his stuff. And, you know, as long as they feel comfortable with it, I don't think it matters. Yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, I mean, so I'm with you on that. I, I did feel, uh, I, I felt bad for him. I think we talked mm-hmm. about him mentally a lot. That was tough. Steph had a good quote where he said, Hey, you got to look at the long game in this stuff. And I kind of cringe a little bit. I'm like, Steph, damn, man, you're the nicest guy, but 
telling this guy to play the long game with you. And by the time he's good, you're going to be 39 years old. Um, but like, you can see Steph is just a good, it's just a good person. I mean, like, I think this is the type of stuff. Steph didn't watch. say you got to think about the long game when you're in Washington. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you can think as long as you, Wiseman and Rui, I'd, I'd be rooting for that. That would be fun. Um, but I think, uh, he Russ just to, scowling at them. God, if Russ is even there, maybe the Warriors will get Russ. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, <laughs> the, it'd be, I, I think he just needs to understand, like, there was a lot of pressure on Wiseman this season. It felt like more so than than Anthony Edwards and Lamelo Ball. Like those two right. guys could do whatever they want, pressure wise. Like if they made a bunch of mistakes, fans wouldn't get on them. Nobody was like, "Oh, we we need to make the postseason in in Minnesota," right? So there's a lot of pressure on the kid, and and he's obviously pretty shaken up about it. So maybe maybe this will help. Maybe this will get him back, or or it could be the other side, right? Maybe he goes in a deep dark hole, but then he has to get out of it. Yeah. Um... Let's assume that they do not move him. I would guess it's more likely he's on the roster next year than he's not. Just it, it doesn't, you know, always bet against the trade is the way to go. Um, with the, with this team, too. yeah. Unless it's D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> but uh, what, what I was going to say is what do the Warriors do now in the offseason knowing that they can't depend on Wiseman to be that starting center next year? I I almost wanted to say that you're gonna have to pick up a big anyway, like a veteran big anyway. But now they have to, right? Now now they have no like they they wanted to this season. They wanted Aaron Baines. They, they wanted, wanted Marcus All. Yeah, Marcus All. Yeah, yeah. They wanted Marcus. Maybe they can get Marcus All next year. Another year of Marcus All. Uh, another eight year of age. They but they have to. They have no choice. Like Marquise Chris and and Le, and Kevon Looney will be back, but those guys aren't really dependable. So you almost have no choice. Um, I don't know if you're trying to get me to talk about the small ball stuff, but you, you really, they really need one at this point. There's no, yeah. no, no way about it. I mean, and even if the big they acquire is more of like a power forward type where it can be like a hybrid small ball type of thing, like objectively they need someone to play more minutes next to Draymond Green in some capacity or another, mm-hmm. whether that's a huge wing who's basically a big or an actual big, big. They, yep. They're going to need to figure it out because like, Wiseman being that guy, like we we can't count on that next year. Maybe in the second half of next year, but just given the injury, you gotta you gotta think bigger picture. Yeah, they've gotta they've gotta find someone that also can kind of teach Wiseman how to play basketball. Like sure. On on the court, it'd be cool to have David West on the bench. I think like that be I think would be really that great. Of, yeah. Yeah, that type of guy. David West has that automatic mid range jumper too. Really smart. Like Zaza's you know, in the front office. I don't know how much work he's done with them, but like, like they talked about Jaron Collins, right? He's one of the player development mm-hmm. guys, but like we watched Jaron Collins play or a little, or not play basketball. Like he's not a very good player. Like he may be he's smart, like Zaza. It's just like yeah, smart, smart guy who knew how to use his fouls and rebound and like, you know, I want a little more, you know, I want to, I want a more creative lower up. Slightly lower upside than what we think James Wiseman can be long term. <laughs> so yeah, 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 a little bit. I like. I want. I want someone that's a little more creative on offense to to help develop Wiseman. Not just like Kevin Garnett. Not just like for two weeks in the off season, right? But for like the whole season, like a guy that can help mentor him. You got Draymond for the wings. You got Steph for the guards. Those guys can learn from those players. But like Draymond's not teaching Wiseman much on offense. Like we watch Draymond play offense. Like there, he can, I he can help him mentally on defense for <laughs> yeah. sure. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, Draymond's not teaching him how to. Uh, yeah, but the unicorn stuff with Wiseman. But the unicorn stuff you're saying with Wiseman is on offense. 
You know what right. I mean? Like it's not on defense. So they need someone to bring well, that out of isn't him. it. Isn't it like interchange because he's not a unicorn. If he can do that stuff on offense and not defend the whole unicorn thing is like protect the rim and have an outside game on offense. Right. Like do the Chris Bosch or the Kevin Garnett or one of these guys who like, you know, they're, they're not a liability on either end of the floor, which is like what we think James Wise, can eventually get to. It's just a question of when he gets all right, we're going to leave it here. Um, hopefully we can recover that locker room file from last night. Uh, if we can't, we're sorry. Uh, we would encourage you guys to contact locker room. <laughs> and uh, last thing too, uh, remember to subscribe. Well, you're already subscribed. So rate five stars, uh, leave a review, and uh, we'll see you guys. After the Celtics game. Yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.